We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Hello everyone and welcome to Business Matters presented by Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union. My name is Rob Capello and today we welcome back, he's been on here before, Carl Reddick to Business Matters. Carl, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, I appreciate it. No problem. So Carl's a wealth advisor at Valley First. Um, so September usually is, or typically represents back to school, uh, but today we're going to go back to school and we're going to explore some good financial health for our children, um, mm-hmm. um, which is a topic that sometimes we don't have the chance to talk to our children about. So I'm excited to kind of explore that, but some people just don't know where to start. So uh, Carl, you're going to share some advice for us. But before we do, I thought maybe we can just set a little bit of the foundation of what is your role as a wealth advisor entail? What does sort of day to day look like you uh, for you in your in your role? Yeah, so as as a wealth advisor here at Valley First, a lot of what I do is geared around sort of the financial planning aspects of someone's picture, uh, particularly around when we think about sort of retirement planning, uh, investment planning, uh, estate and tax things, uh, sort of all of those sort of uh, bigger picture sort of ideas when it comes to someone's financial picture. So it's uh, it's interesting work for sure and something I really enjoy. Imagine. And how, so how long have you been at Valley First? I've been here since 2021. Uh, moved to moved to Kamloops uh, that year. So it's been a couple of years that I've been here, but I've been, been in the credit union system since 2009. Okay. And what were you doing before? I'm curious, always curious, like what gets people into the industry? So what, what attracted you to the industry originally when you got into banking or the financial side? Yeah, I mean, I, I did um, business courses at the University of the Fraser Valley, and uh, one of the sort of courses I excelled at there was the financial mathematics uh, course, and uh, felt that working at, at a financial institution would lend itself well to, to that skill set, and it's been great. I've really enjoyed uh, working in a credit union, especially the credit union system itself, uh, sort of very with my values uh, around sort of helping people you know, see their value potential, no matter where they're at in their, their journey when it comes to finances and life. And so it's a good, it's been a really good fit for me. So this is our chance to wave the Valley First flag a more. So what drew you to Valley First? Like, what do you love about, because you worked, you said, in another um, uh, institution before uh, credit, right. but what drew you to Valley First? Well, moving to moving to Kamloops, um, there was a number of, of uh, credit union options here. Uh, the the credit I was working for before wasn't uh, in the Kamloops area, and so I needed to explore a different avenue. But um, Valley First, uh, having uh, being a part, of course, of the Greater First West Network, right, uh, which includes the Envision branches in the Lower Mainland and Island Savings on the Island, yeah, uh, was was very attractive for me in terms of. Uh, coming from the Lower Mainland and when that I had a you know a broad connection of other places throughout BC to to potentially work with or, or be with in the future if things change for me again with family dynamics and things that were at play. But uh, First West as well, you know, it's sort of the the, the overarching body we belong to. Very sort of passionate about uh, again helping members uh, where they're at um, and being involved in the communities as well, which is something that I've you know really sort of valued in my time here so yeah it's, it's been great to be here it's interesting because i was on the island about a month ago and talking to the team at island savings and 
there was a little bit of a light bulb that went off that with me. And I'm like, I never even thought like from a client perspective that you're covered across pretty much with, with first grade, anywhere you are, not that you wouldn't yes. be covered anyways, but with your sister brands out there that you could walk into a branch on the Island or Vancouver and they'd be able to help you, which I thought never really clicked into me till then. So I'm glad that mm-hmm. you kind of expand on that as well. Cause there's, there's a whole family that falls under first West credit union. So there is. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Awesome. So let's talk about the topic, um, uh, which is, you know, I'll, I'll say financial literacy and uh, with our children. So maybe we just start out. Why do you think it's important to teach our children about money? Um, I know why my kids are really good at spending money. So <laughs> exactly. So maybe talk a little bit why, what the importance is around sort of teaching our children about money. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of things in life, if, if we don't start early and develop good habits and a good foundation, uh, it can be difficult to sort of pick up those skills and habits later on in life. And so uh, finances in particular is an area that uh, is with us lifelong. There's, you know, many things that we do, of course, that are directly financially related, but also, you know, areas outside of our finances directly can be impacted by how we manage uh, our finances. And so if we can you know, try to find ways to establish those good habits of saving and being sort of responsible with our spending at an early age. Uh, hopefully it will, you know, translate into um, success financially down the road or even just sort of, you know, not having to worry about being in a difficult spot financially uh, in the future. And it's interesting. It's, I, I feel like sometimes parents struggle to talk to kids about this and it could be time, lack of understanding, I don't know, is it a taboo topic at the household? Like, well, why do you think people sometimes struggle to do this? Well, I think what you what you said there is, is exactly right. Time time is a big one. I mean, I've got three kids at home myself, uh, you know, in, in sports and other activities in school. And my wife and I are busy as well with with work and different things. And so it, it's it's hard to find time to, you know, sit down and sort of talk about different financial topics and and it might feel a bit daunting too as a parent to say well you know my my child is you know maybe just getting into elementary school what what do i say to them about uh you know how do i explain compound interest to to that to that (laughs) that age group it's difficult to maybe sort of talk about these kind of things so um there's yeah certainly probably a lot of sort of perhaps anxiety about you know how do i broach the topic Uh, maybe i don't know a lot about it myself you know where can i go to get resources or help if i need assistance and how can I make it relevant for, for my kids as well so that they actually soak in what, what I'm saying and, and you know, apply it uh, down the road? So there's definitely, you know, a variety of challenges that present themselves when you're trying to convey financial concepts to your kids. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So and in, then in, in, like how early should we be teaching our kids about money? Like you mentioned, so our kids are kindergarten. Like when, when is a good time? Is there ever, you know, that for you to start introducing some of these concepts into for children? For sure. Well, I mean, I think a, a, a lot of times these days, it feels like um, kids, you know, when we talk about birthdays, for example, they're getting money from grandparents or parents even or, or relatives because it's, you know, kids these days are tough to buy buy yeah. for. Yeah. Um, and, and so those can be great times to sort of begin talking about the idea of, of maybe saving uh, some of the money that they received as opposed to spending it right away on a trip to the candy store or right. the toy store or something like this, you know, trying to to you know get this idea across of uh delaying sort of the gratification of of spending that money um because that so that that idea you know whether it's finances or other aspects as well the idea of sort of not immediately trying to sort of satisfy uh, a want and and sort of thinking about it and 
perhaps, um, you know, pushing something off into the future where there could be uh, better alternatives or you could do more with what you have because you've been able to have it grow for you a little bit. Those kind of things are, are good topics. So it's tough to say, you know, an exact age, uh, you know, parents probably would have a better understanding about sort of each child that, you know, are they ready to have those conversations or not? But, but even just sort of, you know, mentioning to them, Hey, like you've got this money, you know, there may be some things you want to get now, but what about if we were to save a little bit of this for, you know, next summer when maybe you're a little bit older and you have, you know, a thought about something different you want to do. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of slowly sort of integrating those kind of ideas are, are, are good things to do for sure. And are there, are there, you mentioned sort of the birth of money and thought that's a neat way to kind of start uh, introducing the concept. There's other like ways that you can help maybe younger kids understand some of these concepts, like, so that, you know, it's not daunting for them or the parents. Sure. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, there's, there's little games you can play even uh, there's, you know, like junior monopoly or, okay, yeah. uh, you know, even, you know, there's other games that we played at our, our place. There's uh, um life mario themed game of life yeah yeah yeah. the actual game of life the original version is uh, (laughs) fairly complex i would say for 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 kids (laughs) to understand but this this mario version that we got again you're 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 collecting coins as you go along the Mm -hmm. the routes to the end to fight bowser but the idea of collecting coins and trying to save them as opposed to spending them on things is kind of built into that and Mm -hmm. so you know uh, a young child can you know start to understand hey if i use all my coins this turn I have no coins for the next turn for something else maybe I should you know keep some of these these aside for for the next next go around so things like that you know little games you can play with kids to um, you know start introducing these concepts of of saving or again sort of delaying spending what you have uh, until the future yeah it's great um I have teenage kids so now and they're probably not going to play the kids version of games so what about as they get into teenage years when you know maybe they're starting they have a part-time job and they're starting to make so what are some um ways that you can get these concepts to maybe older kids for sure i mean at that point i, I would imagine that you know as teenagers they might have their own bank accounts already mm-hmm. um and so certainly going into whether it's valley first or wherever it's sort of you're dealing for for the the teenagers banking Right. Um, talking about, you know, okay, if you've got automatic payroll coming in because you've got a part-time job somewhere, right. let's, you know, open up uh, a savings account, maybe a couple of savings accounts if you've got some goals or different objectives you have that, the, that they want to achieve, whether it's buying a car or, um, you know, going on a trip in the summer with some friends. Um, and let's sort of start to automate some of these savings uh, into these different accounts and keeping that, keeping that money separate from your spending so that you can actually sort of visually see hey, I'm sort of building up money towards this goal. I can sort of see progress happening as opposed to kind of keeping it all in one account and not really having a true line of sight of what is sort of set aside for which purpose down the road. Interesting. One of the um, topics I think that maybe some parents agree or disagree with is interesting is allowance. Like I grew, I didn't grow up given it being given any allowance and for many reasons. One, my parents didn't have extra money to give out. They just, were, sure. right? that's one reason. But, but do you yeah. think, if you're able, do you think it's wise to give kids an allowance? Uh, I think the idea of an allowance is good, but I think there needs to be some sort of um, work, if you want to call it that, or chores, something that the child needs to be doing to be earning that allowance. Just sort of giving them the money uh, doesn't sort of really instill that that uh, concept of of working hard and and sort of generating your 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 savings yourself. So finding ways to link that allowance to activities are doing around the house or 
-hmm. or perhaps if they're doing well in school, there's, you know, there's different things there, perhaps you might want to sort of link some sort of allowance to, but having it tied to uh, this idea of them sort of earning and, and sort of generating that for themselves will sort of, again, create that habit of, hey, you know, when I'm finished school, I'm gonna have to maybe start doing something to sort of generate savings for myself so that I can do the things I want to do. And how um, interested, curious, um, when do you think is a good time to actually bring your child in to meet someone like yourself? Like, is there is, is I guess everyone's different. I get it. But typically when, you know, or, and do you do those sort of where you'll sit down with a parent and a child and talk a little bit about the fundamentals of sort of investing stuff? Like, when does that usually happen? For sure. Um, I feel like probably sort of that 11, 12, 13 ish age is kind of a, a point where kids maybe start to kind of really understand uh, some of the dynamics about sort of having money coming in and saving and these kind of things when they're coming in to sit with us right. uh, at the credit union. Uh, younger kids are often pretty shy and, um, you know, you know, it's sometimes sort of more difficult for me in my sort of professional context yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, you know, you know, really have sort of those uh, conversations with, with, with kids. But in that sort of 10, 11, 12, 13 age, um, you know, they're starting to sort of have a bit more confidence. They're starting to sort of build their own sort of ideas about things when it comes to this kind of stuff. And, and those are times where it's, you know, we can have some conversations about, okay, you've got a checking account. Right. Let's open a savings account as well. Think about sort of funneling some money perhaps into that as you start to sort of receive things from, you know, birthdays or working part-time or these types of things. Um, and one of the things as well that can be good to, to talk about is, you know, there's the spending aspect, there's the saving aspect also, but also, how are we sort of being good uh, community citizens? What are we doing to perhaps put some money aside to help others uh, out there, whether it's those who are less fortunate or different sort yeah. of causes that we sort of align with to, you know, provide some support there as well. That can sort of create, again, this idea of, you know, having an open hand when it comes to sort of your finances and, and sort of being responsible enough to know that you've got your needs covered for, but maybe I can help somebody else out as well. Do you think that there's a, I'm thinking back into when I was growing up, um, it was cash. Like you, you got given money, actual money that you went to the bank. Or now it's, you know, the digital age, it's cashless. Do you think that yes. there's maybe an issue with the value of money because it's invisible, right? I don't know, you stick it on a credit card, you use your debit card, you tap your phone. Like, is that a different challenge now for like the kids that are coming up? It definitely is for sure. Yes, the this this sort of intangible nature of of, yeah. of currency kind of yeah makes it feel like it's almost you know like not like a real thing. It's just kind of oh I've got this card that will kind of do what I want to do, um, mm. but behind that card at the end of the day is is you know money that you've had to accumulate and earn. And if if you don't have sort of this this tangible connection to you know the value of that and how quickly it can can go and also how quickly you can save if you put your mind to it it can be difficult again to sort of, you know, have those sort of good financial habits. So another, another sort of neat thing that uh, I've seen done before as well is actually having, you know, three piggy banks at home or three Mason jars, whatever sort of it is. And again, sort of one of them is the spending jar. Yeah. One of them is the saving jar. One of them is the giving jar. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you get money from whatever it is, you sort of allocate money into those different piggy banks or different jars and, you can sort of then physically see, you know, okay, well, I've got money set aside for these different things. And if I want to go spend, I can only use the spending jar. I can't dip into the savings jar or the giving jar. Um, uh, that kind of concept, concept can, yeah, yeah, I love can the maybe giving help, help with that a little bit. 
Yeah, I love that giving concept. I've never even thought of that, but that's a that's a, a neat way to another thing to add in for sure because it's it's something that I think that yeah I always think about savings and spending, but the giving side is a unique angle. Is there? Do you find that as you're dealing with the younger generation now, it, with things like the, you get asked things like cryptocurrency or any like, does that make it even more complicated because they're hearing things on the internet and like so. I'm curious from a, is there advice you can give parents on that side of like when, you know, child's like, well, I'm going to go buy Bitcoin. And I'm like, like, you know, you don't want to squash the idea of, Hey, yeah, they're looking at investing and stuff like that, but Hey, maybe it's not a safe place to put your dollars. Like, is there some value or some advice or you can give parents around that? For sure. I mean, I would say when we think about things like cryptocurrency, it's uh, you know a very sort of nebulous world. And, mm. and even myself, you know, to fully comprehend how that all works yeah. and what's actually happening there is very difficult. Um, whenever a sort of a, a child or a teenager is expressing interest in investing, it's good to come in and talk with a right. financial institution right. Right. Um, to sort of get some solid framework and sort of base level understanding about the different savings plans that are available for someone to take advantage of. Um, you know, the sort of more mainstream, I guess we'll say, sort of investment options that are available to you. Because the, the the adage goes that, you know, the the higher return you're looking for, the higher risk you're going to be taking right. on. That's, that goes hand in hand. Right. And sometimes that concept is pushed to the side when we're talking about these sort of uh, flashy, interesting kind of investment ideas and, and concepts. So it's good to sort of understand this, uh, this dynamic between those two things, risk and reward, uh, critically important throughout life, um, you know, whether you're younger or sort of moving into retirement years. Um, but there's a lot of good resources uh, for financial literacy, you know, of course, coming in here, but also going to uh, different online resources. Uh, the Financial Consumer Agency of Canada has mm. a lot of financial literacy programs and information there. Um, and there's also a nonprofit organization, Junior Achievements of BC, yeah. which does, does a lot of uh, volunteer work in the schools. But even on their website, you can sign up as a parent to, to enroll in some of the programs free of charge. I've, I've done that myself. Um, and you can access information that's geared towards students, uh, whether it comes, whether it's about sort of uh, finances specifically or, or entrepreneurship, these types of things, uh, really good resources there as well to kind of gain more understanding and more knowledge about sort of what those different topics look like. Do you ever get to go into schools and talk about this sort of stuff? Because I think and it's, it's probably an area that should be like, I think it would be interesting to have starting, a, you know, because you have their attention in a classroom, or maybe some of their attention in a classroom. But do, do you ever go in and, and do any of that? I have in the past. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really sort of interesting. There's lots of good questions that come, come from students when you're there sort of in that classroom context or in right, sort of that right. group setting. Um, and uh, being a bit removed from the high school system myself now for a number of years, I don't know sort of what the, the current yeah, right. uh, curriculum and things are when it comes to financial literacy, but uh, I definitely think there probably could be more done there uh, to, to help kids sort of really have a good foundation coming out of high school when it comes to understanding sort of their finances and, and the implications of choices that they, that they make as they get older. Um, yeah, it's definitely an area that I think we need to do more work on for sure. Interesting. Well, it's definitely clear that teaching our kids about money is definitely will set them up for life. I know how, like, I, I think, like I said, it's sometimes not taught in school or it's off limits to discuss at home for many reasons. Um, so thanks for 
given some advice. I think there are some really cool tips that you gave that I didn't even thought about as well that people can can use to raise sort of like money smart kids, which is really what we're trying to do. So um, for sure. if, if anyone's listening, I know if they have any questions, I know the team at Valley First is amazing. Reach out to Carl or his team and they'd be happy to talk and answer any questions because I'm sure we might have not covered everything. But thanks for at least giving some great uh, tips this morning. Definitely. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. No problem. Thanks, Carl. And everyone else have a great rest of your day. And thank you for tuning into Business Matters. Thanks, Carl. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive.